Last week, I talked about Poetry Month, ideas to spark reading in your classroom. And so this week, we are diving right into ideas that will engage your students in writing with a big connection to poetry. National months and recognitions are perfect to be that surface level of student buy-in, so make National Poetry Month a big deal in April. There are ways you can have fun and see some pretty amazing writing without having to abandon subjects or practices that you have going on in your classroom prior to April. So I am going to share ideas that your students will enjoy and remember You do not have to incorporate all of these ideas. Choose one that seems interesting and doable and just try it out. So if you are like me, you are probably eager to hear some writing ideas. So here we go. Welcome to The Literacy Dive, a podcast for teachers who want to take a deeper dive into all things reading and writing. I'm your host, Megan Polk. My number one passion is, you guessed it, all things literacy and supporting teachers like you. Join me each week to learn teacher tips and actionable step-by-step strategies to help you grow as an educator. Are you ready? Let's dive in. We are on episode 76 of the Literacy Dive podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed last week's episode about ways to incorporate reading about poetry into your day and the benefits reading will have on your students. I also hope that you were able to check out episode 25 as it shares a few more ideas and tips when it comes to teaching poetry to kids. We are going deep into writing and connecting it to poetry today. Now before I start, I want to give a few reminders Poetry is a form of creative writing. If poets opt to write a free verse poem, there literally are no rules to this. Anything goes. So throughout this whole exploration of poetry writing, don't give too many boundaries or limit your students' creativity and their imagination. There is no wrong in poetry. Now, when you are teaching specific types of poetry and the elements that they must include to fall into that structure, then there is a set of instructions to follow. But the contents of what they choose to write about and the words they choose to include should not be limited. Allow total freedom during this poetry time. When you are teaching the different types of poetry ahead of kids writing their own, you will want to teach the key parts that they might see. This could be elements like alliteration or personification, similes, metaphors, imagery. You want to just make sure that they understand those key terms and that they are able to identify it within the different poems that they're exploring and will soon be writing. You also might want to go into key terms like rhythm, line breaks, and other words that are linked specifically to poetry. So keep those terms of elements, keep those terms that are specific to poetry on a classroom-created anchor chart. If you need to, you can also print poems, highlight those different parts, and let kids label it, and just keep it on display so that it's there as a reminder. So let's go ahead and dive into one thing that you can be able to do to get writing happening in your classroom during National Poetry Month. The first one is just to write original poetry. 
Now, that sounds pretty simple, but before they can write it, they have to learn about the different styles of poetry that poets write. If you are not well-versed on all of the different types of poetry, I am a firm believer of going to the resources that can be able to get this information in front of your students. And if your school is a school that adopts or has a subscription to BrainPop, or if you have access to YouTube, you can easily type in Introduction to Poetry, and that BrainPop will pop up, or other types of kid-friendly videos will pop up explaining various poetry structures and types. So a lot of the ones, especially the Brain Pop, it's going to cover acrostic and rebus, free verse, shape, haiku, and you can even teach more types of poetry on your own, but at least these videos are going to offer your students at least five, six, or seven different types that they can now begin to explore with. You also want to cover figurative language. You need them to know what are the different types of figurative language that I can use that's going to be a great addition to my poetry. So for this, you're going to want to go ahead and make sure that they know what a metaphor is. They know what a simile is. They understand oxymorons and personification. You want to make sure that they have a clear understanding or they have at least access to resource themselves and remind themselves of what types there are so that you can challenge them to incorporate it into their poetry. I like to teach just the standard types of what I would call figurative language for kids are, and I'm going to leave a link to that in the show notes for you to check out if your kids just need some friendly anchor charts that get right to the point with a couple of examples. So once you learn about the different types, and then you learn about the figurative language that can be included, you are going to want your students to begin this poetry writing. Now, when students are publishing their poetry, you can have something that I like to call a poetry slam, or you can have some type of event where parents or other students can come be an audience as kids are reading their original pieces. You can teach the kids to snap their fingers as your students are up there performing and reading their pieces of poetry and just make it just a really fun poetry event. You can also take it a step farther and you can record your students reading their poetry and you can share it with community places like hospitals or nursing homes or other places where it can really brighten someone's day. So the biggest thing here is just allowing kids to write original poetry. Once you have exposed them to the different types, they will probably kind of start identifying or connecting with one or two of those and that can be the type of poem that they want to explore with. The second way that you can get writing going is writing to connect to poets. And what I mean by this is that last week we learned about reading biographies as a way to really get to know the people behind the poetry. And so for this week, since we've already read certain biographies, a great follow-up is to make connections about the people who we are learning. So these connections are going to be poet to self, poet to poet, or poet to world. Maybe there's a poet that I really, really identify with, or it reminds me of someone in my family. That's going to be a poet to self. Maybe I just read about two different poets and they have a lot in common, as well as they have a couple of things that are different. That would be my poet to poet connection. 
And maybe I just learned about this poet and I realized that this is a huge connection to the world. I can make that poet to world connection. So whenever you are wanting your students to start making these connections to these different poets that they're learning about, they could keep that poetry journal. Now, I know I talked about one where you can shrink the poems that you're reading and just offer those to your students, give it to them so they can reference it and read those poems throughout the month and beyond. But you could do the same structure of creating a journal for writing these reflections or these connections. And it could be the same exact journal. You just add a few extra pages and there's a section for the poems and there's a section for connections. Just know that your students really will value this poetry journal that they're creating and it will be a really, really great keepsake and it's going to be a month of their life that they are not going to forget being in your classroom exploring National Poetry Month. The third way that you can get writing about poetry into your classroom is by adding these activities to your writing center. Turn your writing center into a poetry center where kids can explore writing different types of poetry. I have some poetry month writing tasks or writing prompts that your students might really be interested in during this month, and they're really great for your literacy center in April. They actually accompany that informational text that I mentioned in the last episode. And so if you have a literacy center, if you have a writing center, and you want to just bring in this seasonal component, these would be perfect for your center. They are print and go, so you will just print off these task cards, or if you want to have a digital center, you will just pull up the Google Slides or the PowerPoint, and your students are really just going to be able to enjoy writing as it is connected to poetry. So be intentional with your writing center and prep it to offer opportunities for poetry, especially in the month of April. Now, number four is one of my favorites, and I feel like number four on the last episode when I was diving into reading was also one of my favorite things to do. So number four is to write a classroom poem. Now, because poems are at the discretion of the poet, they can follow whatever structure they want, especially if it's free verse. So what you're going to do here is give your students a topic or an overall theme or an idea. Now, since this is going to be a classroom effort, whatever subject or topic or idea that you choose, you really want to make sure that all of your students have a 100% chance of participating. So I would think about the topics of school or nature, animals, something that's familiar and easy for every single child, no matter what their background knowledge is, they can be able to contribute toward this collective poem. So here, each student will be responsible for providing one line to the poem, just one line. Once you have collected all of the lines, you can work together as a whole group to determine the order the stanzas that you want to create, the line breaks and talk about where those should go, and all of those different pieces to make this one big collective poem. If you want to make this a little bit more challenging or if you want to make it a little bit more differentiated, you could also put your students in smaller groups. So what you would have to do is collect all of the different lines that each student made. You would have to photocopy them, cut them apart in strips. 
you would give the different lines to a few smaller groups, and then those groups will be able to mix up the poem however that group wanted to do it. So they would order the different lines in whatever order they wanted to. They can create stanzas. They can determine which line is going to be the opener, which line is going to be the end. And if you wanted to, you could also allow them to add a line or two, especially if it's going to be like an onomatopoeia or some type of word that can be placed in the middle. They can be able to insert that as kind of like a freebie. So... That is going to be one thing that you can do. It encourages writing. Your students are responsible for one line, but the outcome is a really, really amazing differentiated poem that the whole entire class was able to be a part of. The fifth and final idea that I'm going to share with you that's going to encourage writing during National Poetry Month is to have your students research a poet and write a poem in their style. So if you've paid close attention to all of the different ways that I've shared so far, they all can be interconnected, especially when thinking about the ideas from last week with reading. So if your students are already reading the biographies or they're already exploring with different poetry styles, then this is not going to really be anything extra. It's just going to be another offering of an idea. So since kids are going to learn about these new poets and they're going to be making connections already... I bet there's going to be a poet that they're really going to identify with, someone who's going to become their favorite. So you're going to let kids research about that poet to find out more about him or her, as well as to research the poet's poetry style. And even deeper, what types of things got that poet inspired to start poetry in the first place? From there, students are going to write a short biography. So after reading, they're just going to transfer the important facts over into writing. They're going to write a short biography about their favorite poet or their poet of interest, and then they're going to honor that poet by writing an original poem using the poet's preferred style. This truly is a fun activity that kids really, really enjoy. They love learning about people of their interest. And they really love the whole art of honoring people. And in this case, it's going to be through poetry. So researching and writing a poem in that poet's style is really fun. And then again, you can just take that a step farther and allow them to present it, allow them to share that biography. They can also share their original written poetry. You can hang it up for people to do a gallery walk. There are so many things that you can do with the poetry that your students are writing. So to bring all of this to a close, incorporating writing is pretty easy to do when connected to poetry. You can write original poetry, write connections to poets, enhance your writing center to be streamlined with poetry, write a class poem, and you can have students research and write a poem in that poet style. So what are you most excited to try during the month of April to celebrate National Poetry Month? I actually really want to know So what I want you to do is to screenshot this episode, tag me on Instagram sharing something you are excited to incorporate in regards to reading or writing about poetry. And as always, if you have a teacher or some teacher friends who could benefit from this podcast episode or previous ones, hit the share button and make sure that they can get this same information as you. I cannot wait to hear what you are going to try and what you're looking forward to do with your students during April. 
Really quickly, I am not going to share too much about this right now, but if you are still listening, you're going to kind of get an insight into something that's up and coming. If you are wanting to increase the love of writing in your classroom, or if you are looking for ways to support your reluctant or even your eager writers, I have something in the works that you don't want to miss. I'm going to be leaving a link in the show notes, and that link is going to head to a wait list. All you have to do is sign up, and that's going to ensure that you stay in the know first before anyone else for when I share more about this exciting project that I am super excited to be working on. Again, the link to the waitlist is going to be in the show notes. All you have to do is sign up, and when I start sharing information, you will be of the first group of people to be able to hear about it. So that's in the show notes for you. Now, I have some great up-and-coming episodes for you. I'm going to be sharing some tips and some strategies for making the daunting testing season a bit more enjoyable. Yes, enjoyable. Testing does not have to be this boring, daunting, looming part of your day, part of your school year. In fact, this time can actually be very rigorous and very engaging and something that kids actually want to do. So make sure to stick around for the April episodes if you want some strategies, ideas, and some practices that you can get up and running during testing season and make this time a bit more stress-free for your kids. Chat with you then. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Come hang out with me over on Instagram at The Literacy Dive. I would love to hear from you in my DMs. If you are enjoying this podcast, be sure to hit that follow button and share this with a friend. I'll catch you in the next episode.